And welcome to Tuesday morning. The steakhouse is open. Steak Shapiro, Sandra Golden on a, uh, what will be a busy two hours, as it always is, on the biggest, baddest, most powerful signal, biggest stick in the city. Big stick energy. You know it. Uh, 92.9 the game, home of the Falcons, home of the Atlanta Hawks, both in the news yesterday, home of Atlanta United, where uh, Boom Yakamakis was at the Hawks game last night. So Star-studded event last night. Yeah. Looked like there was lots of folks there. How was it? Oh, the Hawks game last yeah. night was uh, it was a great game. And I had so much fun. I brought my son, mm-hmm. Bobby. And the difference when I bring my son without one of his buddies and when I bring him solo is that, like, there's no running around and there's, like, we just sat and talked hoops for two and a half hours. That's a dream come true for I you. I know. My wife Honest was saying the goodness, same thing. That's so cool. I mean, three years ago, he didn't know, you know, the inside of an NBA, uh, you know. What anything. changed? Is it his friends were into it or just? I don't know. It's all my clean living that finally got some That's good to not happen. It. Yeah, no, it's definitely <laughs> not it. I, I don't, it, you know, it's just, it evolved. Like, you know, they'll say as a parent, you can't force it sometimes. So it happened. So That's it great. was, it was a, uh, the Clippers are, they're loaded, man. I mean, so I, I can tell you that. That's one of the best teams I've seen. Um, that's an NBA championship type team to watch. Hawks on with them all night. Quince Knight will be on to talk about it coming up in a few minutes. Kawhi Leonard is not being talked about as MVP. Why? I don't know. I mean, maybe everybody's still about the big guys, Embiid, and who's not going to win it now because of the injury, uh, and uh, Jokic. But Kawhi Leonard, one of the, I'll ask Mike Conti what he thinks, one of the top, God, I don't know, 15 players of all time, 20 players of all time. Dude, he is, he's ridiculous. Inside, outside, shooting threes, defense. Anyway, so uh, fun night, bad outcome, but uh, we'll talk some basketball at some point today as well. Let's get to 9 at 9 because I got a bunch of Raheem in there as well. Time to build the foundation of today's show with the top 9 at 9. 9 on the Steakhouse. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Steak just told you they lost to the Clippers last night. 149-144 was your final. Kawhi had 36, Harden 30 and 10 assists. Trey Young, your Eastern Conference Player of the Week with 25 points last night. Uh, Kawhi was your Western Conference Player. Yeah, I know. That's kind of set it up for last night. So uh, the Hawks, I think it was a 4-2 and two homestand wins over the Lakers yes. in Phoenix and Toronto. And what was their last win? And Golden State. So uh, four good wins, two losses. But, again, they still got a lot of ground to cover, given that record. So um, We had my neighbors went um, to the Hawks game, I want to say, against Saturday night, and was talking about that's their third or fourth game this year. Play defense or not, it's a great entertaining night. It's entertaining. Night. Yeah. yeah. I, I, mean, mean, there's... I mean, you can't argue with last night. I mean, I know we don't play deep. We don't have dogs that get after it on D. We just don't, and that's why this team is flawed. But it is entertaining in the whole product over at State Farm Arena. Hawks are at Boston on Wednesday. They're back home next Saturday if you want to make plans. Rockets are in town. Raheem Morris press conference. Watch the whole thing on Zoom. Everybody can, by the way. You can go to AtlantaFalcons.com. The whole thing is there. Just uh, you were there front and center state. A couple of takeaways from you. Well, let me just explain something. Um, It was in Mercedes-Benz Stadium where they normally do the press conferences. And here's the interesting dynamic about a press conference like that. Um, and I don't think it's any different than most cities. The, the 40 or 50 media members are not supposed to be fans. In many cases, media members resent the teams they cover or they're trying to be tough on them. 
I mean, their job is not to be a cheerleader, right? Right. So then you have to the left all of Raheem's family, right? So it's his wife, right. his kids, his brother-in-laws, his parents, and all that. So you have this dichotomy of folks who are applauding, you know, sure. and then you have the media that's supposed to be, you know, uh, have no emotion towards it. So the first thing Raheem comes, he comes out is, I, I don't know why it's, I, I think most, this Braves may be a little more upbeat, just the nature of the summertime and everything else. But I think most introductory press conferences, media members are pretty stoic. And I thought it was funny that Raheem is like, what's the matter with y'all? Because we were all sitting there. The vibe there there was not. I mean, that's why I'm asking you what it was like in the room where it happened. Because, uh, first of all, David Beatles talks. I'm like, I've never seen him before in my life. That's on me. Um, and then, well, Arthur then Blank fa- is sick. Fa- is Arthur, sick. That's right. why Beatles so that's what I was meant. up there. It was a weird dynamic in the room. But um, I mean, most press conferences, I don't know. They're not, you know, you're not in front of alumni when a college guy, or you're not in front of, you're in front of the media. The media by plus people don't know Raheem yet. Like that's Raheem. Arthur Smith was that not that guy. So you know, we've kind of been trained to like, what mood are they in today? And it was, you know, listen, somebody's been fired, and you're doing a press conference, and Arthur's not there, and there's well, just you know, a lot of strange. Well, I mean, they were fired a month ago, and that that didn't have anything to do with it. It's just whatever it, it, it is. Raheem Morris is one of the great communicators, one of the most loquacious, one of the most uh, connective people that you've ever been around. He's tremendous at it. He has a tremendous. Uh, personality that's incredibly engaging. But, I mean, the media is there to ask questions about quarterbacks and coordinators, and that's, you know, so that's great. I, I think, Raheem, it's, it's it's wonderful to see that personality, but we'll talk about it later on. It doesn't mean anything. Right. It means It doesn't mean it. Yeah. You have to have players. I think he's the guy, though, you want in the building if you're starting a business. You know, if you would want him in Atlanta Eats. You talk, you know, that great book called The uh, Energy Bus, The Energy Vampires, that people just walk around the room, which, by the way, Stake, they did mention yesterday. Terry Fontenot talked about in that building needing a positive person in that building. Yeah. I mean, listen, I just talked to somebody very, very close to the team that said, uh, first of all, Arthur, Arthur Blank is fine. He's back at, in the office or work in the next uh, 48 hours, so not to worry about Arthur Blank's health. Yeah. And the other thing is how much the players liked Arthur Smith. They really liked Arthur Smith. Now, he didn't necessarily get along with the media and other folks, but they had his back, man. There's something about Arthur Smith. So there's two ways to do it. We don't see behind the scenes. You know, the, the administrative folks may have had it uh, uncomfortable. His assistant coaches, I've heard through the grapevine. Yeah, maybe he was maybe tough on him. Issues. I don't know. I, I've also heard the players loved him, but I think they're going to love Raheem Morris. I thought Raheem did great. I don't. I, there was no headline that came out of it. You're not going to start talking about quarterbacks. He tried to talk about his coordinators. I was, you know, nonplussed about Robinson and Lake, right? Yes. Talking about those guys. I don't know. What well, do you think? We don't know think? anything about him yet. I thought it was a 55 minutes of them saying nothing, and that's what they're supposed to do. Right. Were they supposed to tell us we're going to move up and draft Drake May, and here's what we're going to do at A? Like, that's not their job. The job was to win the room, which is what they did. They answered the questions. That's what they did. It was fine. Super Bowl 58, opening night, media night. You're going to hear some great stuff uh, coming up at 1020. There was an 11-year-old reporter that won the night by a long shot. By a long shot. So I'll st- the uh, the line. By the way, I looked again. Is still two 49ers. I saw a one and a half, but yeah, okay. I saw one and a half on mine this morning. The sharp money. What did Drew say yesterday? Sharp money's on the Chiefs right now. 
uh, given all the uh, numbers, backing up Pat Mahomes as an underdog. He's 12-1. and one. He's 14-3 and three in the playoffs. Obviously, you have the better person under center in the most important position. Um, I lean towards the 49ers, but uh, I think they're the most talented team, and I think Kyle Shanahan is going to get a ring, and I think so is Bosa, and so is Debo, and so is McCaffrey. At some point in their career, maybe it doesn't happen Sunday, but it is it is neck and neck, right? I mean, that, that number's not going to move a lot. I'm shocked that it's not the Chiefs being favored, just right. who the Chiefs are. The simple fact, though, of Mahomes versus Purdy. I mean, watching those two guys last night, they could not be more And opposite. what else do you have to see from Pat Mahomes? He just won Good in gracious. Buffalo. He just won in Baltimore. He is now in the top five quarterbacks of all time conversation. Um, and that's the most important position on the field. But I think the 49ers roster is better and I watched the Chiefs all year, so I'm the idiot that says I watched them all year, and they were not impressive many times this year. They were pretty impressive in Buffalo, and they were pretty impressive in Baltimore for sure. I agree. Sad, sad news this morning, you guys, especially those of us who love our country music. Toby Keith, who was diagnosed with stomach cancer in June of 22, passed away peacefully, according to his family, last night. Yeah, Stomach com- cancer, 62 years old. Yeah, got diagnosed in 22, I believe. And uh, if you see what he looked like as a big, burly. Do you know you he know, did three sold-out nights in Las Vegas December the 28th of 23? Jeez Louise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tough deal. A lot of folks whose family uh, have been stricken by cancer can relate to seeing what he looked like at the end. Did not look like the same Toby Keith that... Uh, for the last 30 years, been entertaining. What folks. a great showman in concert. I've seen him a couple times. So, so good. Yeah, numbers are out on the Grammys also. Our uh, friend Tiffany Fallon, very close with him. I went to Florida State with her, and she's in his video. Uh, one of his, two, one or two of his videos, actually. So. Yeah. So, talking about the Grammys for a second, though, because oh. we didn't see each other. Tremendous night. The ratings are really great. A uh, lot of moments. It was the Tracy Chapman moment. It was the Killer Mike moment that was off camera, right? It was the Jay-Z moment. Joni Mitchell, uh, the tribute to Tina Turner. Billy Joel with a new oh, song. I, it, they just they dominated. They just did a beautiful Grammy job. Grammy just dominated. They really did a great, great yeah, job. Great. So, uh, all right, when we come back, we'll talk to the head coach of the uh, Atlanta Hawks. And I'll ask him, like, Trey Young, what's up? What's your role as head coach in helping that guy not get snubbed anymore? Nine o'clock hour brought to you by our friends at Advanced Hair Restoration. One day treatment, life-changing results, advancedhair.com. Steak and Sandra, head coach of the Hawks, six minutes away. Nine twenty-two. 
on the fastest two hours in radio. Thank you so much for being a part of the Steakhouse. Steak Shapiro, Sandra Golden, as we uh, get things cooking on a Tuesday. Tomorrow, it is National Signing Day. The only guy in America you want sitting next to you above everyone else. And that, of course, is Rusty Manziel. Perfect day, sure. Do you think he's going to pull a... I'm super busy with um, National Signing Day. It's what I do for a living. <laughs> I could not get to Rusty Rocks. Because he has been known to to use that excuse of how busy he is. Right, right, right. And I just don't want to see him come in here. I understand that this is, you know, like, uh, it's like CNN during a war, right? Or Fox News during it's an election. It's true. Now's your time to shine. Right. Dude. but w- We got but- more ears on you. Yeah, but I, but Rusty Rocks is he's gonna what be defines solid. him. He's right? going to do great. He's going to do it. It's help what yeah, defines sure. him. So, Speaking uh, of fabulous days, you see the weather today and tomorrow? 61, wow. 59, not a cloud in the sky. Man. So beautiful. Beautiful day today, huh? So, yes. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's been a nice little stretch of uh, warm weather. Mm-hmm. And uh, feels like with Braves headed to... Spring training, Northport, Northport. two big old Peachtree movers, packed them up yesterday on their way. So they have to report by Wednesday. Most of the pitchers, catchers, players are likely heading there right now to just kind of get acclimated, slash away from their families. And the first workout is next Thursday. It's one of the wonderful things about what we do for a living, right, is turning the page and moving on. And we got a new chapter that will play itself out. Last time we checked in with the Braves was a – just gut-wrenching end of the season once again against the hated Philadelphia Phillies. And sure enough, we dust ourselves off, get a few months, add some pieces. And it's uh, interesting with the Super Bowl being later. I mean, yeah. Super Bowl ends and baseball starts right. literally three days later. Yeah. We'll have news. And then we're in that stretch of March Madness and the Masters yeah. and uh, opening baseball. And I was kind of thinking about it yesterday watching Raheem Morris. Like, you know, I've been I've been to a lot of those press conferences, man. You know, we sat here after the Minnesota loss, after the Carolina loss, after the Arizona loss. You go on the road, you get blown out by the Bears and the Saints. And it's like, all right, time to turn that chapter. And and it's time for a whole new era of Falcons football. And sure enough, I think once we figure out who our quarterback is going to be, I think by the time you and I get to training camp and flowery branch, which is not that far off, I know. You know what they say as you get older, the years go by, you know, it's a slow uh, groove, and then you get old like us, and it's like, wow, that stuff just turns over so fast. And and the Falcon fans will be back on board, just like Braves fans have a level of optimism right now that is unparalleled. I've been reading a lot about the Dodgers. They have a lot of question marks about, yes, they've spent an insane amount of money, but I think if you look top to bottom and you look at, you know, starting pitching and you look at depth in the lineup, even though they've got three superstars, right? Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and um, Shohei. Ochoa. Shohei, yeah. It's crazy. Uh, Braves still have their lineup. So my point is the, the beauty of what we do is the seasons come up on each other, and I think uh, there's a lot of reasons and a lot of stories to be super excited about the Braves, and, and we know what that means around here, that the battery will start getting packed in the summertime, and all those things are, are playing themselves out. Um, Mike Johnson brought something up this morning within that press conference that – it's just a foregone conclusion that the quarterbacks that are on the roster now 
likely will not be, or at least two or three. Um, and it made him uncomfortable. Did you get that vibe in there, or do we all just assume, like, uh, yeah, we're getting a quarterback? Like, that's the assumption. Yeah, I mean, Did I Did you th- find it weird how they were just talking about As him? if Desmond Ritter didn't exist? Yes, Is that what you mean? Abs- that's what Mike said, and I found an in- mm-hmm. interesting take. I think him. it was, you know, refreshing that they addressed that we're going to have to go find a quarterback, and certainly Desmond Ritter, that's not a good moment for him. I think Desmond Ritter is going to be a- – fine as a backup. I don't, maybe they don't think he, he's good enough to do that, but I saw Desmond Ritter win a number of games, which is all you can ask for from a backup. Yeah. Desmond Ritter's a backup and quarterback. And affordable. And a third-round pick. Yeah. Exactly right, Sandra. Right. You're right, because because backup quarterbacks yeah. going rate is significant, right? Can be the you know millions and millions of dollars. Just ask Matt Schaub and other guys that you know uh, didn't have to play and made a ton of money. I think, I think that Raheem Morris has to look at... Uh, Desmond Ritter and say, are you good enough to be our backup quarterback if something happens to our starter? I thought the conversation yesterday with uh, with Drew Butler, it kind of all came home mm-hmm. to me like, you know, why am I talking about cap space? And why am I talking about, you know, you don't want to overspend on Kirk Cousins or Russell Wilson? You need an adult in the room under center. And, and the number eight pick, especially if you go defense, especially if you go to some of the guys that are being talked about by the Falcons at eight, you don't want to give that pick up, Sandra. You just don't. And in order to get up in the draft to start talking about the likes of Jaden Daniels or you know Drake May or or ju- trade for Justin Fields, you're going to give up, you know, an, a ridiculously high draft pick that fell in your lap. As opposed to maybe saying if Kirk Cousins out there for sixty million, seventy million for two years, okay, like Drake London and Kyle Pitts and and Bijan and and company need a legitimate guy under center. It's two years. They need a real man in that huddle yes. to get this thing going. Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter is what you've had to go out and, like, we go show up at the, at the uh, Mercedes-Benz, and we look out there, and those are the guys trotting out of the tunnel as our leader? It didn't work, and you've done that, and it didn't work. Yeah, so That's the other thing I was thinking about. I was watching a bunch of NFL Network last night as that um, opening night, media night, was going on, and they were just talking about quarterbacks in these top three off the board. Caleb Williams, Drake May, uh, Jaden Dan. One of them could be a C.J. Stroud. None of them could be a C.J. Stroud. Two of three. W- one it's of, a crapshoot is One of point. them is going to be a huge bust. We just don't know at least which one. of the three. Yeah, at least. I mean, 50% normally is at the top of the draft. Just go around the league and and, and just take a look at it. And and the, what's amazing is you can analyze Terry Fontenot and you can analyze Thomas Dimitrov and you can analyze all the GMs in the world and all the scouting departments. And the fact is it is incredible with all the science and technology and game film and metrics and interviewing and and pro days and all those things that it is literally like walking up to a betting window in Las Vegas where they've set a line and you lay down your money and you pay your vig and guess what there's a 50% chance that bet cashes like if you bet the Chiefs this weekend yep. and there's a 50% chance it doesn't and that seems incredible with the amount of analysis including a college career right i mean go look at Jaden Daniels doesn't matter Right, doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. So, like, we're going to get crazy as fans and say you blew it, but these are smart people that still have no ability to really be able to tell who to take. So, um, you know, I think that they've got to figure that out 
and and over the next month and a half, watching how the Falcons make their quarterback decision, watching what they do in the draft, and seeing now the rumors that are floating that Chicago is not going to pass on Caleb, Caleb. Williams. Mm-hmm. They're just not going to pass on a guy right. at number one that could be, you know, um, their their 15-year, 10-year starter, insert, yeah. right? It's the Ravens with Lamar Jackson where you don't worry about quarterback. It, it's uh, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs where you don't have to worry about quarterback. It's the Buffalo Bills where you don't have to worry about quarterback. It's the reason Buffalo's in there every year. Now, they haven't won it, right? Um, and there's a reason that San Francisco looked like they hit lightning in a bottle and found Brock Purdy. So, you know, I <laughs> and, and Brock Purdy's not being hyped like Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams being hyped like, how do the Bears pass on that? Oh, my goodness. And they go back yeah. two years in terms of contract because Justin Fields' contract's up, you know, essentially a year you have to make a decision The other thing that's so interesting to me is this Cole Cal- Calvin Ridley piece of the puzzle here, y'all. Yeah. If he re-signs with them and then we get another two, which comes into play when it comes to a Justin Fields. I mean, all of that is yeah, so interesting. Great point. I mean, you want to talk about draft equity yeah. and building this roster – and if you end up with Ridley going back to Jacksonville and we get a number two, then you're really going to have an offseason that is going to excite people. It's 932 on Sports Radio 929 the game. Quinn Snyder, I don't know what happened. We're going to move on. There's a lot we can do. If there ever was a day where we have a full show, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, listen, if we can't entertain you for two hours, then there's a real problem, right? <laughs> When we come back, why Raheem Morris was a breath of fresh air and none of it really matters. And some folks did not like me bringing up a certain day in history. I'm here to tell you, I don't get emotional often. I'm not going to get grandstanding, but I'm going to tell you why I absolutely needed to ask a question. Those who try to forget history are destined to repeat it. We'll get to that when we come back. It's Steak and Sandra on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. More of the Steakhouse on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. 940 Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Steak and Sandra, thanks so much for being with us on a Tuesday morning. A lot to get to. Raheem Morris, the press conference, my exchange with Raheem that um, caused a little bit of reaction. It was a reaction, and we'll tell you about that (laughs) coming up. Let's do a quick college uh, take with a tailgate that we want to play the openers. Want to talk. It's oh. time to tailgate. No. Oh. Taking a look around the world of college sports. This is the tailgate on the Steakhouse. Brought to you by all four seasons garage and entry doors. Big enough to serve, small enough to care. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. I don't know if y'all are listening to the podcast, The Players Lounge with Aaron Murray and all the players from Georgia. It is excellent. If you're just driving around and want something to listen to, it's A+. Well, he had Carson Beck on. 
great take of just really kind of what drives us in life. Maybe it's just sometimes about, I was having a lot of fun. I think the biggest thing for me was kind of looking back at the season and realizing like how much fun I had. I hadn't gotten to play in so long, you know, to be able to have the opportunity to go out and play the game I love again. Um, I mean, you never know what's gonna happen if you, you know, do leave and you do make that decision to go to the draft and do all those things. And when I, like, like I said, when I look back at the season, I had so much fun, I was like, I, I mean, what, what, what do I have to lose, you know, mm -hmm. come back and, you know, do it all over again. Yeah. So. Isn't it that true? Just like sometimes, isn't that just it? Oh, and I have an NIL deal in a Lamborghini. Well, yeah, that, that, that also. Listen, it. I've said it for years as we get older, and I'm a man in his 50s, um, and Sandra, you can relate as well. Like your high school years, Rusty mm -hmm. talks about winning that championship at Rome, the, the people and relationships. Like, you know, I, it's great that you have this um, this deal up the street with um, basketball, the kids that go right into the academy. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. With, uh, wh wh why am I not getting the name? Oh, Overtime Elite, Overtime right? Overtime Elite. And that's fun and that's sexy, and but there's no real competition. It's not like playing Parkview, uh, playing Brookwood, you know, when Jeff Francoeur is growing up or, or when Roswell or when – you know, Mill Creek is in a like those are your high school teammates. These are your college teammates. Sometimes these will be when you're Best 60 times. and 70, yeah. the greatest times of your life. And I think the more people are reminded of that, like it doesn't get any better than living in Athens and hosting Tennessee on your campus. And, you know, uh, 95,000 people there and you come out of the tunnel as the you know, the biggest deal on campus and then go whooping their butt. Like I'm you just going to go pull in and have a dinner at Chuck's in my Lamborghini. I'm not kidding. On Twitter, he ha Dude, he's standing. Shout, shout out to Carson That's what Beck. he's driving? Uh, Carson Beck just got a Lamborghini Urus per Performante. I'm not saying it right, obviously. Yeah, this was last night. Yeah, no, okay. So now there's a lot of reasons. Yeah. College. You know what else is fun? Dude, this is Driving just a Lamborghini. Insane. All right, quickly, uh, Bill O'Brien, offensive coordinator, Ohio State University. For how long? Rumors are reports out of the Boston Herald that Bill O'Brien is a front runner with details yeah. to follow to be the head coach of Boston College. They're working on the contract, see if they can come to a uh, decision. They lost their head coach to Green Bay. That's right, right? defensive coordinator. Um, yeah. Jeff uh, Hatley, I think it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, listen, that's fine. I mean, I don't know how you're ever going to win at Boston College. I was thinking I, the same thing. I don't thing. know I don't, how you, have, you don't have enough, you sorry, don't have enough NIL money. You don't have enough support. Yeah. Uh, if Billy wants to take that job, he's from Boston, and uh, he loves that area, so maybe that has something to do with it, and that is the tailgate. So the Raheem Morris press conference yesterday, probably three or four times as many people that were at the Arthur Smith firing press conference, which was with Arthur Blank and Rich McKay, which was a dour, dark evening over there at the Arthur Blank Foundation. This was, you know, over at the stadium in the uh, press area where they do the post-game conversations mm -hmm. anyway. And Raheem Morris, first thing he said, he came out there and looked at everybody and goes, what's everybody's problem? Why y'all look like that? Why you give me that, you so know, stressed. why you yeah. give me, why you look so stressed out, right? <laughs> Why you give me that kind of stare, Day Day? You were right in the front row, right? Yeah. So were you giving him? Uh, were you giving? Were you, were you eyeballing him or something? No, 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 not an eyeball. Just wanted to show that. Listen, I am here to take whatever you have to say very seriously. Well, so just wanted to be. Uh, you wanted to be a journalist. Journalist. <laughs> <laughs> well done. So at some point, 
I ask the question. You want me to talk about why I asked it? Or, well, or- there was a little uproar from folks going, why do you keep bringing up 28-3? Which, you know, that was on the internet yesterday. Big time. Barstool has to drop it. They showed the, the meme of Tom se- Brady. Seven-year anniversary? Seven-year, mm-hmm. Yesterday. I don't keep bringing it up at all. Raheem Morris was on the sideline for the seminal moment in the history of the Atlanta Falcons franchise. Okay? I would argue it might be the seminal moment in the history of Atlanta sports, okay? It defines our personality. It defines the Falcon fans. If you don't understand what the trauma of that day and how it has shaped the Falcons fans, then you're coming into a city that that you're naive to, and he's not naive to it. He was on the sideline. And my point is, you know, you don't say you can't ever mention wide right in Buffalo. You know, Georgia, second and 26, guess why we don't talk about it? Because they won a title three years later, Mm -hmm. and it exercised that moment. In Boston, the Red Sox fans were defined by 86 years and Bill Buckner. That defined them, okay? The Atlanta Falcons are defined by 28 to 3. And in my eyes, the anniversary, bring it up, I don't even know, like, what, my point is, how unbelievable would it be to be the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons winning a Lombardi trophy after having to be on that sideline. And do you understand what that would mean to this city? That was my point. I, I totally got it, and I liked, I liked the question. I just thought you should have let him finish. Oh, he was wow. trying to. Wow. So I'm wondering how much appreciation you have for the, for the pain of that moment and how it shaped some of the Falcon fans. And if you allowed yourself to think about for yourself and the fans of Atlanta – and the folks that have been through what, what that was, uh, what it would be like to kind of uh, bring it all back home and you be a part of that and what it would mean for this community. You won the award for best dress, by the way. You got it. <laughs> I'll tell you this. It is a part of coming home, right? That 2016 loss, it, it stings as, as, as bad as anyone I've ever had. Actually, the worst I've ever had. I was glad he corrected On a stinging that, momentum, right? And to be able to come back here and get some, some real cool redemption, right? I want to watch Arthur Blank, work done, some of these guys hold up that trophy. Do you, th- would, yeah, do you think you have you a... Let me finish. Oh, sorry. You're going to ask a question before I get finished. <laughs> oh, it was a I'm pause. That was a dramatic really, pause. I'm trying to give you these real yeah, cool here we dramatic go. pauses. <laughs> yes. And you just don't want to buy in. <laughs> but... That moment for us and our fans. So that just, is such an organic, real moment for both of you. Yeah, it's hilarious. By the way, I asked him the question to get that dr- well, dramatic. Right, right. I wanted him to say he was. That's thoughtful. why I asked it. He was thoughtful. Now again, I had another thought about the roster, and I, I was like, "Is he done?" Because thanks for Bo, who was there also. That I, I thought he was done. He was just getting himself. You know, like listen, any great communicator, orator. They use dramatic pause. They use up and down, you know, uh, cadence, mm-hmm. and that's what he was doing. But you know, I have ADHD. That that little that was a uh, moment. Th- that yeah. two seconds there, right? I tell my friends when I take a breath, you better get in, or else you're not going to have a lot to say. Zadie, <laughs> were you worried for me in that scenario, or are you? I mean, what were you thinking when that? <laughs> in all honesty, man, like how could you not laugh at the I moment? You know what I'm saying? Head. It was it was classic <laughs> stuff, bro. Every time I'm at a press conference. We get some kind of a storyline, right? Oh, it's that, so like, great. 
either Arthur chastising me years ago, I'm going to tell you for the fourth time, right? Fifth when, or sixth time. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. So, so listen. Good I, job. That was a good job, and I thought it was a great question. And, and I wanted him to give us that. I was thinking soundbite. Tell us that your dream is to be standing on the field and, and handing the Lombardi Trophy to Arthur Blank and exercising the demons, which will never be exercised in this city until we win a Super Bowl. Just like in Buffalo, why I was pulling for the Bills so hard this year, like they've been through it. Four straight Super Bowl losses, um, the wide right, the 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 pain of being a, a – and, and, and every fan base has their moments – but the Falcons now own the all-timer. I agree. And 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 you have to, you know, I, sometimes I do get asked by coaches when they come to town if I grab a coffee with them or someone said, you need to understand our city. You need to understand how we're built here. Like, you, they may say 7 million, you know, 6 million transplants. That is what I love about Raheem. When he kept bringing up, it feels like home. Yeah. Um, he does know what it feels like. He has been through it. He knows what six losing – seasons feels like he you know the other part that jumped out at me is what this envy he kept saying for Les Snead and Sean McVay and watching that development and their relationship and how it was just this rhythm he called it those two had a rhythm and I just thought that's a great way to put it so then if you're watching he and Terry Fontenot yesterday taking the photos and the FaceTimes and you know, chemistry, you cannot create it. You cannot create good chemistry and trust between somebody. It has to be organic. So what I'm hoping and praying is that Sean McVay and, excuse me, um, Terry Fontenot and Raheem can be- become that. Yeah. Listen, you had it with Mike Smith and Thomas Dimitrov, but so much is predicated on winning, right? I thought Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov were the pair. Right. Kind of like-minded, yeah. Kind of younger guys. They they would complete each other's sentences. They were completely right. and, were on the and same. And all page. of it works until it un- didn't. Un- until you're not winning, right? You know, yeah. I just had this conversation with with a guy very close to the Falcons who said, "Listen, Arthur Blank is the most philanthropic owner maybe in the entire National Football League. The amount of money he gives away, the amount of commitment he's made to the community. Arthur Blank wants to win with." All that stuff doesn't matter to the fans. What And it's great that we have that owner because a lot of NFL owners don't do any of that stuff. But all that matters to the fan is Ws. Everything around the business of professional football is defined by wins. There's no way around it. You don't keep great chemistry around and, and you know unless you're winning. And great chemistry with Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov went away when both of them were scrambling at the end because you're losing. You're losing. That's right. And then, you know. You're, and those contracts came up and the bad signings. I mean, it was You know, Arthur ugly. says Julio's going to be a Falcon for life. And Devontae that, Freeman, that one was even before Julio. The yeah, terrible contract. contract. And, then, and then you're saddled with Matt Ryan, um, which is just a reality. Matt Ryan had to be paid. That was the going rate. Right. But it was going to be 20% of your entire payroll. And then you're like. Well, when I see Dan Quinn and I see Thomas, I think about 28 to 3, and now and we're losing, and now I see these contracts, and now guess what? That chemistry it's doesn't over. matter. It's, over. it's like you and I know. We've been to enough of these, Sandra. That was wonderful yesterday. I love that Raheem Morris is going to make it fun for us in the media. I told Carl Dukes and Mike Bell, I went in to see them after the press conference. I was like, dude, you guys are so lucky. You're going to get 20 weeks 
of that Wednesday sit-down at Flowery Branch, and those interviews are going to be awesome. But at the end of the day, none of it matters. If you don't go find a quarterback that can win, if Kyle Pitts truly is a bust where you took him and you, you know, you're not going to get what you, what you need out of him, if you can't find a pass rusher, like, Please God. right? I mean, yes. then none of it matters. So you got this, you got this incredibly engaging personality. I, you know, I was on the Raheem bandwagon weeks ago saying that's probably the guy they're going to need to hire because, you know, he's not Bill Belichick, but he's coached before. And I think all of it looks good. But, like, you got to have the players. Got to have the players. You got to have Joey Bosa. You got to have Christian McCaffrey. You got to have Debo Samuel. You got to have Travis Kelsey. You got to have Pat Mahomes, right? I did like the part yesterday where he was asked about the, or, or I guess he volunteered about the assistants that worked under Arthur that li- wanted to stay, right. wanted to, to work with Raheem. I think I, that's a real good sign. You didn't see an exit stage left out of Flowery Branch for those folks. No, they wanted to. Uh, mm-hmm. They wanted to see if Raheem Morris was going to get the job. I loved it when he goes, "Just call me." Come on now, yeah. Terry. Call me, yeah. Arthur. It's not hard. I'm Just ready. call me. Yeah, he knew. I love that he said, uh, "Bijan and Drake." Like, let's go. You know. He, I love how people stupid. are like, "He didn't mention Kyle Pitts. He didn't mention Chris Lindstrom." He di- okay. All right. Whatever. Yeah, that's the other thing. People First look- of all, Matt Ryan. What he said yesterday. All right, we're gonna play that. When we come back. Very exciting to watch Matt Ryan on that big old set in front of the Bellagio. Dude, Did you is. see any of it? Woo! I saw what you sent us. We're gonna play Matt yeah. Ryan. I'd love to hear from the fans. A lot of. Things we've been kicking around, including my asking the question about 28. Do you really believe that our city is defined a little bit? Now, again, we get Georgia and the Braves, so we're not defined by that loss. But it's the seminal moment in sports in our city. Uh, How do you feel about Raheem yesterday? Where are you as a Falcons fan? 404-726-0929. I'll get you on and off quick. 404-726-0929. We'll hear from Matt Ryan as well. Fastest two hours in radio. It's the Steakhouse. Sports Radio 929 The Game. Sports Radio 929 The Game. Nine o'clock hour is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. One day treatment. Life changing results. Steak Shapiro, Sandra Golden. Thanks so much for being with us. We got uh, Matt Ryan on Raheem Morris, Dan Quinn at his press conference in. Uh, Washington, that's all coming up. But there is something near and dear um, to myself and the radio station, because we're going to be broadcasting from there coming up February 10th. What day is that, Sandy? What's February 10th? Is that like this weekend? That's this Saturday. That is. Uh, Lacrosse is getting huge down here. Some of the biggest programs in America are going to be battling it out for a great cause. And the gentleman that helped put this together, Jason Brayo, joining us right now on Sports Radio 92.9. The game. Hey, Jason, thanks for being with us, buddy. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me, Steak and Sandra. I really appreciate it. You know, uh, I started talking about lacrosse. I played, obviously, grew up in New England, so um, I was lucky enough to play throughout high school and have a great moment with my buddies winning a state title. And and the difference of me mentioning lacrosse when I moved here in the mid-'90s and now are literally like night and day. 
Yes, sir. It's been a lot of change in the past 20 years, and Georgia lacrosse has actually gotten, gotten very, very large and very good, and uh, especially at the high school level, there's now a, a large number of kids playing in college, and uh, according to Inside Lacrosse now, Atlanta is the lar- the fifth largest lacrosse market in the country. No way. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yep. Awesome. We like like up there with the Baltimore's and the where is it? I imagine the the New Jersey. Well, Baltimore, New Jersey. Baltimore, Philly, and DC are are, are always going to be much much higher. But you know, Atlanta and Charlotte. Wow. And, and like Dallas and Chicago are closing in fast. So I know so many parents of young people that kids are turned to lacrosse. Why is this event coming up, the 2024 Atlanta Lacrosse Invitational, a great chance to get your kids fired up about really the highest level of lacrosse? These are some of the best college teams in the country. Well, thank you very much. Um, well, first of all, this is a great – this is an event for charity. This is a nonprofit event, okay? So this is going to benefit the Shootout for Soldiers Foundation, which is a very unique charity that uses the sport of lacrosse to benefit veterans in need. So that's our first goal. Um, the second goal is we're, we're, what we're doing this for is really to grow the game in Atlanta. I've been a high school coach and a youth coach for 20-something years here, and there's a lot of guys like me who grew up in the Northeast and played lacrosse and love it and just want to you know, really start it because they want their kids to play, and then they end up coaching, and then you see all these kids just able to you know, do something they never thought they could do growing up. And so right now there's, there's literally over 100 Division One players from Atlanta right now. So we're having – the games we're having here this weekend are showcasing Atlanta players. So, um, and you, there's a uh, four players from you from uh, Atlanta who play for Army West Point. There's one for uh, UMass, and there's um, two for North Carolina, and there's eight for Mercer, who's obviously our, our lone Division One program in the state. So we're basically showcasing these kids because we want to show the kids that are younger. I'm gonna put you on hold for one second, real quick. Okay, we gotta fix. Thanks. We gotta fix that. Phones that bouncing. Connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tickets are on sale now. It's at 285lacrosse.com. And it is true. This all the money going to the Shootout for Soldiers Foundation. So that's it, a big deal. Silverbacks Park. Right. Mm-hmm. 3,200 Atlanta. So Lambert School. High School and Roswell kick off the day, 9.30 a.m. Yep. They're first. UMass Army West Point, 12.30. And then UNC and Mercer at 3.30. All right. We'll bring uh, our buddy Jason back real quick. Sorry, a bad connection. So a bunch of kids on Mercer and Carolina also from Atlanta uh, playing as well. Yes, so between the two Division One games for the day, we have 11 Atlanta players playing. And the whole goal is to show the younger generation, whether they're six years old or 16 in high school, that this is an option they can take to. Because, you know, there's a lot of great athletes here. We, You guys know how nuts we are about high school sports here um, and just how crazy it is. I mean, I live in Buford. We're building a $75 million stadium right now. That's crazy, and it's dude. Just, That's yeah, crazy. What's, what's so, going on? That is. That's amazing. What's going on there is insane. You got like eight practice fields, too. Um, I know. It's it's insane. But, you know, we love it. Yeah. So, um, great opportunity. UMass and Army at 1230. Carolina and Mercer at 330. The high school game is at 930 a.m. And why is Atlanta going up the ranks? I would assume because the level of athletes we have in our city, once you put a stick in their hand, you got a whole new level of of you know, uh, athletic prowess playing lacrosse, which is why we're moving up in the ranks. Is that accurate? Oh, yeah. We're, you know, we're crazy about youth sports here in high school sports. I tell my friends up north that if you play football here, you start lifting in school at sixth grade. So we produce all these great athletes. And, you know, not everyone can play football and lacrosse anymore. 
and not the right size. The beautiful thing about lacrosse is if you're 5'5 five, five or 6'5 and you're a great athlete, you can play. So it opens up great opportunities in life, great academic opportunities, great business opportunities. So it's just a, it's a wonderful thing to expose our kids to it, and that's what we're trying to do. All right, coming up this weekend, we'll be broadcasting as well, 2024 Atlanta Lacrosse Invitational Silverbacks Park all day long on Saturday. Thank you, my friend. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. All right, there you go. Matt Ryan, by the way, want to talk about him, who is becoming slowly a bigger and bigger media star. How do we know that he's moving up the ranks? Because he's just getting more and more airtime, He right? is literally sitting on the set of CBS Sports, which they started yesterday, in front of the Bellagio holding court. He is the best one on that set out of the four. And also, did you see the commercials he's doing now? Something for um, all these kids are around him. It's a la Peyton Manning-esque when he's on Saturday Night Live. He's telling him to hush, and he's not signing. So he's got good the Matty Ice, like the ice cream truck. The there. ice Matty Ice Cream Truck. That's exactly right. It's very funny. Who's the sponsor? Day Day, do we, we know who he's advertising for? I forget. We'll yeah, I'll, fi- I'll find it okay. for you. But So he's sitting uh, on the set yesterday. It was right after the press conference, and they asked him, obviously, you're on that staff, Raheem Morris. What say you? Well, listen, I, I've seen him in all kinds of different capacities. When he came to Atlanta, he started on the defensive side of the ball with the secondary. We had some issues on the offensive side of the ball. He comes over and coaches the wide receiver group. He then gets asked midseason to go back and call the plays on the defensive side of the ball and then is an interim head coach uh, in his last season with us. So I spent six years uh, around Raheem and I have seen him in all of those different lights and then also competed against him early in my career when he was in Tampa as a head coach. And, and I think he's a guy that, number one, connects with his players and, and guys are going to love playing for him. He's got the ability to, to kind of make – Make it known that he cares about his guys, but at the same time can hold them accountable. Great article in the AJC said similar, that if you think that this is just a player's coach, he is as straight a shooter as there is. He's going to be very clear that if you're not getting it done, you're not going to be. I've seen him have a nutty out at Flowery Branch. Do you remember when Kyle Shanahan was, we were, you were there with me, and we were standing around that table, and he literally was like, this is Mike Persons. He's never played center before. We, he was like telling us how great they were despite being terrible. Do you remember that? Raheem was there that day and was lighting people up on the field when we were watching practice. He's that Mark Richt. You know, you hear about Mark Richt until Mark Richt all of a sudden goes off on people. Or gives you the look, right? Yeah, he's – but he's more dynamic in a lot of ways than Mark Richt. Your point is he he may be Don't let that big smile fool you. He does not F around. He doesn't play, yeah. Uh, here he is yesterday uh, talking about a very valid question. What's changed since failing essentially in Tampa after three years and a subpar record? How different are you and what's changed? The overall maturity of the profession is really what you got to lean on. The, the, the overall growth. Since Tampa, I've dedicated really my professional development to helping whoever I work for at the time. Right, I was fortunate enough to go to Washington and really work with Mike Shanahan and be around it and see a guy that's won Super Bowls as a head coach, um, be with him and just really develop and him allow me to be behind the curtain, so to speak, moving forward to here with Dan Quinn and going through the process of what we were able to do and doing a lot of winning football games and being able to be a major part of helping and contributing to those factors. Having the ability to go out to L.A., get the job finished, being behind the curtains there as well and being with that crew, Mike, has been one of the things that you just can't 
ever forget about. One of the things that you can never look over and glaze over is uh, the accomplishments that you have in your career. So He was 32 years old in 2009 when he was a head coach for Tampa. The youngest coach in the NFL right now is Michael McDonald at 36 for Seattle. Yeah, I mean, that that's just you don't have the worldliness right. or the, you know, the maturity. The decision-making. The, the maturity, experience. right. I mean, 32, you're running a multi-billion dollar Especially operation. Especially as a man, because you guys are way behind us. So that's like being 17. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think <laughs> you, you look at what Matt Ryan said, his both sides of the ball experience is pretty friggin' unique. Yeah, it is. It's pretty yeah. friggin' unique. It's also a guy, and I know, listen, Kyle Shanahan, the two guys in the Super Bowl, Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid are going to have the sheet in front of them, you know, or, or you know, they've got similar to what Arthur Smith had, right? But I really believe that Arthur Smith was so deep in trying to figure out how to get the plays out and to move forward, and almost like seemed overwhelmed. That I don't want. I want my head coach coaching both sides of the ball. I want him moving over the defensive huddle, and you know, if we're in a one touchdown game in the fourth quarter, adding something, right? Don't rally the troops. Have interaction with your players. Know who needs to hear from you at that moment. Be be 60,000 feet above to right. a point where you can make yeah, adjustments on the him. fly. Watch Kirby Smart as a head coach right. fly across the field. Are you yeah. kidding? Sean McVay does Listen, that. Listen, I will say this, too, about Bill Belichick. At his, at his peak, he'd be in that defensive huddle, right. and he'd be there in the middle of the game. He'd go over and do three minutes with Willie McGinnis and Rodney Harrison and Ty Lawrence, and he is coaching. He's coaching. Now, Kyle Shannon and Andy Reid, Arthur Smith ain't either one of those guys. And I feel like now we got a guy that is, like you said, at 60,000 feet looking at the whole picture. Absolutely. On both sides of the ball. We'll hear what Dan Quinn had to say in Belly Up. He had his Dan Quinn stuff going yesterday, oh, right? Oh, he did. It's Quinnism. Yeah. He's going Quinn up in, in Washington. <laughs> what else do we got coming up? The uh, media night was won by an 11-year-old who was – Certainly the best journalist I've ever seen. Journalist I've ever seen. Do it very good. He was. You're gonna really, really enjoy this. All right, uh, that's coming up. Lots more in the Super Bowl. I saw what might be the best team in the NBA last night, and um. And you said the word "saw" correctly, so I think we've come a long way. You didn't even say "so." Good job. <laughs> a lot of progress being made on this it's program. True. It's steak it's and true. Sandra. Ten o'clock hour. Brought to you by the Man Cave Store. Visit mancavestore.com. We'll belly up. We come back. Sports Radio, 92.9 A Game. The show just hits different. <laughs> It's the Steakhouse. On Sports Radio 92.9, the game. 10-23. We got it cranking today. Day Day making it happen on a Tuesday morning. Steak and Sandra on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. 10 o'clock hour brought to you by the Man Cave Store. Up your Man Cave game this season. Visit visit mancavestore.com. Coming up. Dan Quinn with a Quinnism, the star of what do they call Monday night at the Super Bowl? Opening night now, but opening it's night of days. the Super Bowl. It was twenty six thousand people screaming in there, and the uh, players were saying they've never had that much. Yeah, that was a huge crowd. Also, Roger Goodell uh, does his press conference. 
he addresses Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey and all that kind of stuff as well. What are you doing for Super Bowl? You have a plan? Well, I'm having a little birthday gathering at Pickleball Social Saturday, so we'll be in Atlanta. So I think we're just going to be with friends. What Very exciting. Great call for your uh, birthday. And um, that's a that's a hot spot. That I have Social. heard. I've not been yet. And You're uh, always cutting edge. You're always out in front. I just am sick of going to birthday parties where we sit around a table and you talk to three people and you spent $200 on dinner. Yeah, like, that's and, what we're kind of, our whole group is kind of over it. And that you can't really, you know, you got you to gotta rotate the table yes. so everyone gets to see yeah. each other, the whole deal. See who's crying. Okay, what does that have to do with? <laughs> what horrible uh, hardship is somebody dealing with? What does that have to do with Sunday, though? Because we're going to be in Atlanta. We're not going to be at the lake. So we're trying to figure out maybe we're going to go to a friend's oh. house. What are you doing? You having people over? I, I'm going to my oh, buddy Brandon's, Brandon's right. who nice. bought this crazy house. We're doing a New Orleans, New Orleans, I shouldn't say that, we're doing a Mardi Gras theme. So we're going to have king cakes, Popeye's fried chicken. Buy or sell the king cake? Uh, I don't like the flavor. I like the tradition, right? King cake flavor is nothing special. It's like a not as good, it's like a not as good sour cream pound cake, right? I love it's a great. It's like a stale cinnamon roll. Yeah. Do you ever go to Nothing Bunt Cakes? Yes, I love Nothing Bunt Cakes. That's a strong cakes. brand, right? Oh, my gosh. Is that good? Yeah. So <laughs> we digress. So he's having this gig at his house. He bought this beautiful new house, and I just keep inviting everybody over. I was like, you know you have to do a Super he's Bowl He's so party. sweet, though. He loves it. So, yeah. so we're mm-hmm. going to be there good. doing a Mardi Gras. I think Mardi Gras comes way early this year. So Mardi Gras is coinciding with how uh, late the Super Bowl is, right? It's a late Super Bowl. Yeah. And then this uh, is the way it's going to be now. It's great. Yeah. It rolls right into baseball. I mean, the Vegas stuff. Did you see CBS Sunday morning? They did Usher. And so then good. they did a whole thing on Vegas. I hadn't seen it yet. Did you see the it's piece? Excellent. How's yeah. the Usher piece? Fantastic. I cannot how wait much Atlanta, to see. How much Atlanta does he reference? Uh, all, uh, the whole thing. Ton. Yeah. He is, uh, he is our boy darling. I love it. Killer I Mike wait. goes and wins and gives ATL a shout out. Yep. Usher. You know, the South has something to say, so it's great to see us well represented getting, getting in that our room props. for sure. Speaking of being well represented, Hawks had a great crowd for a Monday night against the Clippers. I will say this: um, Bobby and I went down last night. It was a great night to go. Uh, no traffic. Got down to. Now I live in Buckhead, Brookhaven. There's a reason when there's no traffic. We're there 12 minutes to the game, um, and uh, it was a school night, so we did leave midway through the fourth quarter. I apologize. Um, but listen to Mike Conti and Steve Holman on the way home. That that was a very, very entertaining game. Um, Dondre Hunter came back. What did he go for last night? Like 27, 30, something like that. But but the Clippers, th- they ain't playing. They did. You watch them last night? Yeah, DeAndre finished with 27 and I think seven rebounds. Chubby little James Harden, dude, was a beast, right? You see that gut? He's 30 got, and 10. I, you know what? I, I saw that, and I was like, am That's I tripping? Real. I thought he. He's got a little gut on him. <laughs> oh, my God. He's still balled out ridiculous. Oh, so they shaming. James so, Harden. So they wow. got four guys that are at a point in their career that they want the ring. So that's Russell Westbrook, Paul George, James Harden, and then the alpha male, Kawhi Leonard. Okay? Those four guys have been all-stars. They've made tens of millions. They've been through every, you know, iteration of teams. Kawhi's got a couple of rings. Harden's, of course, been the GOAT. The GOAT, literally, not the greatest of all time. He's been the opposite in big playoff games and moments. Right. They just want to win a title. I'm going to tell you that in the West, Conti said it on the broadcast, it's going to be very hard for the Timberwolves or Oklahoma City or anybody 
to beat that team four times. That team is friggin' loaded. I look at the Celtics' big four. I look at the Knicks. I look at those guys. Kawhi Leonard, dude, did you see him snap those threes? And then he goes in the paint. And then he goes, I mean, dude, he he's just, when he's when he's dialed in, that, yeah. that could be your NBA champion, the Clippers, yeah. I'm going to tell you. The biggest thing I, th- I, I I'll say about the Clippers is that is a team composed of guys that uh, were willing to accept their roles. But yeah, that's happened because it's late enough in their career. By the way, they won in Miami the night before. It was a back-to-back. Then they roll into Atlanta and they put up a buck fifty. So they had no back, and they played everybody. Mm-hmm. Like they're not messing around. Anyway, Hawks on the road in Boston and Philadelphia coming up. Um, they look much better of late, but listen, the hole they dug for themselves is going to be tough to get out of overall as well. All right, ready to do some belly up? Yes, we are. What's everyone talking about? Yo, yo, what's the deal? We've got you covered. As we belly up. On the Steakhouse. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. I always liked Dan Quinn. Your thoughts. Did you as One well? of the nicest guys. Yeah. I think about the broadcasts you, me, and Brian would do. Mm-hmm. And Quinn would drive up in his truck at like 6.15 when it's still dark out. Just stop the car and just like get out and chat. And yeah. One of the nicest guys to be around. Um, and uh, I am surprised, though. That he beat out all these other folks to get that Washington job. He must have interviewed like a beast. Yeah. Because I thought Seattle, given his track record, was the only place that would kind of afford him the chance to be a head coach again this quickly. But obviously he did something right with that new Washington ownership group. Uh, Quinnisms uh, live on forever. I'm going to give myself a little grace and allow one swear word here because I've done a pretty good job so far. I haven't had any. And I swear a lot. <laughs> but there is nothing I enjoy more than doing hard with good people. And these guys here, do some really good people. So it was ish with good people. That's so fine. That's Listen, you know when the Quinnisms got old and people when started making winning. fun of them? Exactly. Okay, I, I'm, so, I'm with you. you know, I will bro- tell you the difference in just observing personalities, though. He's not that alpha man, the, alpha man in the room. He's a very, he's a gentleman. He's very nice. Whereas you met Raheem yesterday, Raheem's the alpha male well, in the room. Over. He's he was like le- baby. He, was, he has it. He was lecturing us a little bit, like y'all need to loosen up. Yeah, he's loosen right. up. He's right. What media, is going on in you here, media people? Yeah, uh, very controversial. Orlando Ledbetter not, not there because he's covering the Super Bowl. Um, Silly little thought Super you covered, Bowl. I thought you covered the Falcons because that was the biggest moment. I don't want to throw shade at D Led and have it get back to him, but D Led should have been there yesterday. D Led, he called you out, yeah. buddy. It's okay. Speaking of Super Bowl, a couple of news and notes. I'm fascinated with the sphere, as you know. The sphere is running these helmet themes themed ads. In other words, I'm going to show you this Verizon. So it's a Verizon helmet cool. on the sphere, yeah. and you do an ad. Like the, if you haven't been to Vegas lately, the sphere dominates the strip, right. dominates everything right. now. Like th- there is nothing that is as no it used to be the Bellagio fountains, right? Right. And then there is like you know you build uh, these brand new hotels. The sphere dominates everything. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. I'm going there in a couple of weeks. So these brands are paying two million dollars for ninety second slots that rotate every hour throughout the week. Wow. In other words, you could have ninety no, tonight a game it. on a helmet. Yeah. How sick is that? All right. Otherwise, I don't, listen. Uh, and I don't want to be rude. I don't think uh, the Odyssey budget right now, Rick Caffey is going to sign off on that. You said we could have it also. We could have a 90 yeah. the game helmet but it's that two rotates. Mil- $2 million? Yeah, we're definitely not doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There is a Ruckers in Chambly, though. <laughs> they have a sign out front. 
that I'm talking to them about getting us getting us up there. No, I mean, it's a possibility. Oh. Let me see what I can do. All right, so early on, Roger Goodell and the NFL decide uh, the NFC is going to stay here, the AFC winner is going to stay there. It is decided a long time ago. Yeah. Well, as it has played out, it's like the 49ers, the NFC, are staying at the Hampton Inn, if you will, at UNLV, <laughs> and the Chiefs are staying at the Ritz. So they are saying about where they practice, where they practice, and and where they've been the, able to work out in yeah, their media sessions. Yeah, not their sessions. hotels, but yeah. Okay, so listen, it's not great. The I difference the in these facilities and the 49ers know, are key. I, I know, and the field, they're not happy with that field at all. At all. So you know, again, the whining has come up. Also, I thought it was interesting yesterday. If you were watching the NFL Network, they were reporting that yesterday, you know, it was raining in Las Vegas yesterday. Andy Reid said, we are practicing in full pads and we're practicing outside. There are two outdoor practice facilities and two indoor. So they went at it hard, the Kansas City Chiefs. The 49ers chose to do a walkthrough. So if you're just keeping up with this dynamic, which we always try to read into a little bit. Last night was media night, y'all. This young man, his name is Jeremiah Fennell, and you're likely going to see him all over the place. He's about yeehaw. He's got the NFL Network. Microphone. This He's is like- 11 years old. He lives in Las, Las Vegas. He has a YouTube channel, and he was doing everything with all the players. This is my favorite part when he goes up to Patrick Mahomes. So, you know what's crazy? I had a whole list of questions that I wanted to ask you, but now that I'm up here on the podium, I don't even want to ask them anymore. Because, let's be real, this is your fourth time going to the Super Bowl, which means that this is your fourth opening night event. And if you look around, all of these reporters waiting to interview you, I want to have a little bit of fun first before all the chaos begins. So, is that okay? Let's do it, man. So, I want to build a fantasy team, but on two conditions. The rules are simple. We both have you as our quarterback since you're one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Mm-hmm. And the second rule is that you can't pick anyone that's on the current Chiefs roster, but you can pick players that are current or all-time players in the NFL. Okay. Rules, Sounds good. Rules good? Sounds good. I, right. I, I want the whole video. It's five minutes long, I want stay. the whole video. When I tell you, he goes, okay, let's start at running back. And they go... Barry Sanders. Who goes and first? Then it, it, uh, Patrick lets him go first. So it's on my Twitter line, at Sports Sandra. By the way, you know how Rusty talks about signing eighth graders yes. in uh, for, for yeah. football? Yeah. Like, if I'm a network, real simple. Sign that kid up. So true. That kid is better than 98% of the people that were in that room yesterday at Flowery Branch. Well, not only that. It's myself included. The players let down not their true. guard with a, a kid I understand, like that. But that kid articulated. So like, that kid has got ridiculous. Like, he explains the entire line of questioning that's coming perfectly. He was, it was so good. Damn. If you get a chance on Twitter, just go that's look because he was so, so good. Are you prepared for Valentine's Day? You guys, it, this could not be easier when I tell you a gift card to Spasadel. She can go steam. She can get a massage. A $200 gift card, you Damn. are all set. 200 How about we're giving one away right when? now? When? 404-726-0929. Stake mentioned to start the show, one of the members of Atlanta United well, that was at the game that he saw. 404-726-0929. Spasadel gift card. 200 $200 gift card to Spasadel. Wow. Pamper your loved ones. It's Valentine's. Spoil them with a Spasadel gift card. Go to Spasadel.com. Three convenient locations. New spa now open in Alpharetta. You can make up for a lot of F-ups during the year without... Man, Y'all, Spasadel is not your grandma's spa. This place is sick. The one in Buckhead I go to all the time. It's really good. 
I don't think my grandma had a spa, Lulu. Who well, I'm telling you, spa's a No, no, I know what you're saying. Okay. I know what you're saying. Now it's fancy. When we come back, we'll play some three strikes. We will uh, give our final thoughts on uh, the Raheem Morris press conference and why I think it feels like a, a, a little bit of a momentum that's happening on the steakhouse about quarterback for the Falcons. We're three for three now, myself, Sandra, and Drew. What are we talking about? What's that when we come back? Sports Radio 99. Yeah, Sports Radio 929, the game, Stake Shapiro, Sandra Golden, big game of the night. Um, I'll give you Georgia Tech basketball. I think we're mm-hmm. at home, right? We got Wake Forest. That's right. Demon Deacon's a very legit team this year. Tech, we are what we are, man. We can beat anybody in any given night. And then other nights, you lose to the Syracuse and Boston Colleges and the uh, pits of the world. So we'll see what happens with Wake Forest. Tech, a four and a half point underdog. Seven o'clock start, big game of the night. Here's our uh, three strikes questions, and then we got a couple other things to get to. What did we say we were going to do? A quarterback situation. Oh, yes. Thank you, Sandra. I get mm-hmm. distracted. A lot of people coming through here. Our, our brand manager, Mike Conti, Day Day's caught up. I was, out in the, uh, I, I was out in the hallway talking to Dylon, Mr. Corn. I'm going to nickname him Corn because he started talking about corn souffle this morning as being one of the best meat and uh, best sides he of the was, barbecue. He was making a case for cream corn. It's it's not a barbecue side. So, I mean, he he, he got it wrong, and now that's his new nickname. I'm going to call him, do I call him cream corn or just corn? You know, uh, I love Dylan. I think you're being hard on Dylan. Sorry, I, I think just, cream corn is a bad, legit side. That's a good nickname. All right, here's our three strikes. But go with cream corn. <laughs> You know, like 20 years later, somebody's like, why does everybody call you cream corn? It's like, uh, some Better idiot. than steak. Yeah. <laughs> some idiot I worked with. No, Most expensive item in your closet. I was said, uh, Terry Fondo told me I was the best dressed person at the press conference. I was coming from a meeting. I had the pocket square and the blazer. So I ask you the question, man. Do you men, have a tie on? I do not have a tie. Okay. I, had the, I had the uniform. Okay. The cool sneakers. You always dress The blazer. Up. And the jeans, you know, it's like the uniform, right? Mm-hmm. So what's the most expensive item in your closet? What's the most expensive item, men, in your closet? TV or radio jingle you remember. We were talking about advertising. Now, we can't afford the uh, sphere where it's $2 million, right? That's right. For rotating over the hour, you get 90 you seconds. You make your company into a helmet. So everything yes. is football-themed. and you. Yeah. So what's a TV or radio jingle you remember, right? What is it? One eight one eight 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 cars for kids. One eight one eight seven seven cars for kids. Why were you thinking about that? Did you watch Larry David the other night too? And she's singing. (laughs) I did watch that, but no, I was thinking about advertising. Okay. And finally, the Toby Keith passing. Right. One of his great songs. Right. Yes. Red Solo Cup. What's the beer you drank at your college kegger? 
What's the beer you drank at your college kegger? So, like, pretty simple at a college kegger. The cheapest keg. Like, 100%. 38 bucks, Bush Light. Here we go, buddy. I love Bush beer. Damn right. Old Milwaukee. Come on. Right, right. The beer you drank at your college kegger in honor of Toby Keith, one of the classic songs written, right? Yeah, if you're following me on Twitter, too, at Sports Sandra, and when he performed last year at the CMTs, he sang this song about really when you're not here anymore, and it is spectacular. Hey, I was thinking about your uh, friend Kenny Rogers, may he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the Netflix documentary? Yes, loved it. How much Kenny Rogers was in there? Uh, he doesn't really talk a lot because he's not drama-filled. Like, he's super low-key and chill. What was the coolest part? They, there's documentary Waylon about Waylon Jennings walked out. He had enough. I was like, I don't blame you, Waylon. Like, he's done. And the fact that Michael Jackson's whole family, there was like 30 members of the Jacksons, and I didn't remember that. Did you see it yet? I saw it, but it was Friday night, and I kind of passed out in the middle of it. Like, my wife was watching. If you watch, you get me after 10 o'clock, we're watching in bed, I'm not going to make it till the end. Hey, now. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> Talk to Kimberly about that. Most expensive item in your closet, uh, the TV or radio jingle you remember, and the beer you drank at your college kegger. 404-726-0929. We'll let uh, Day Day get the lines going. 404-726-0929. Sandra, uh, I think we both agree it's time for an adult in the room. Mm-hmm. And when we say adult, that means the quarterback position. We don't care if it's Russell Wilson. I don't think we don't care if it's Kirk Cousins. It's time to How get. How do you feel about Baker Mayfield? Not terrible, not terrible. That's an adult in the room. He had a good year. Overspend. I mean, he was really good at the Pro Bowl. I know Wilson. he was. Outspend Tampa and bring him to town. You got Tyler Algiers and Bijan. You got Drake London and Kyle Pitts. You got an offensive line that you brought back that is doing a really nice job. You drafted brilliantly with a. Uh, you know, Matt Hennessy up front and Lindstrom, Kayla McGarry turned it around a little bit. Like, it's time to get a, an adult in the room, and we don't want to lose the chance at eight to take possibly. Dallas Turner. Yeah, Dallas Turner. Jared Verse from Florida State. I mean, y'all, he's. Mm. Yeah, I think cooler we heads. desperately need an edge rusher. Cooler heads could prevail. We could be talking about Justin Fields and giving up. Listen, somebody said we could do it for a second rounder. I don't think we get him for a second rounder. I don't rounder. either. Um, and I don't think you can give up a first rounder of the eight pick for him necessarily. Uh, so you may just have a two second rounders though. So depending on Calvin, Calvin Ridley. Ridley and yeah, yeah. So um, I'm 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 just all for getting somebody in there that we can finally figure out what 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 we have. We don't know what we have. It's so true. We, just we don't know if Drake London can be a hundred catch guy that has 150 yards receiving and nine catches and two touchdowns because he's got Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter trying to throw him the football and that don't work. So what's your take? I'm very upset. It's time for you to sound off with three strikes. Bring it the f*** on! On the Steakhouse. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Mason in Barnesville. Mason, what's the most expensive item in your closet? Uh, just a golf polo, about 150 bucks or so. TV or radio jingle you remember? Um, It's my money. I want it now. I can't remember who exactly that is, but uh, they had a, a song to go with it. Beer you drank at your college kegger? Uh, PBR or uh, Natural Light. Good call. Both solid. Let's get Mike Bell's neighbor. Most expensive item in your closet? Uh, I got a pair of Gucci loafers. Off a little pretty penny. Nice. nice. TV or radio jingle you remember? I don't know the brand, but I know the song, though. We wear short shorts. 
Yeah. So, Nair. Nair. That's Nair. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Beer you drank at your college kegger. We couldn't afford kegs, but we had about 40s of old English 800. What do you think? Old English 800? <laughs> day day. 40s, man. 40 ounce. Oh. Remember the big old 40 ounce bottles? Yeah. Yeah, that's what they just have a whole load of those. Is that a cultural thing, too? A little bit or not? Eh, a little bit, a little bit. Okay, I'm just asking. Mark, most expensive item in your closet? Uh, a, um, a pair of Allen Edmonds uh, shoes. Okay, I like it. TV or radio jingle that you remember? Cheers. And yeah. the... It's more of a theme song for a show, but yeah. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're thinking about advertising. Beer you drank at your college kegger. Well, well this is old school. Is Blacks. Blacks? B-L-A-T-Z. Oh, Blacks. Oh, Blacks. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I know what that is. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Good stuff. Yeah, that was good stuff. Do I need to rephrase that TV or radio jingle? You... Eh, that's fine. Jingle no, means no. advertising. Yeah. It means hold the pickle, hold the lettuce. Special Special orders orders don't upset us. All we ask is that you let us serve us your way. way. Andy and Randy coming up. The (laughs) 10 o'clock hour brought to you by Man Cave Store. Visit mancavestore.com. Oscar Mayer Wiener. I wish I was an Oscar Mayer Wiener. That's a good one. Glad I thought of it. Okay, good job. (laughs)